The three reasons that people get divorced is because they don't feel liked, loved, or respected. Everyone's wish is give them the magic pill, tell them they're wrong, tell them they need to change. They've entered into a type of communication dance that ultimately is unhealthy. The first thing that a person needs to do is stop their push behaviors. Dear young married couple, if you're looking for how to save your marriage from ending, Today, we're going to be interviewing Kimberly Beam Holmes on three ways of doing that. And before we get into the episode, we want to let you know that this episode is sponsored by Intimately Us. It's an app for couples to stay connected, and it's pretty innovative. We can't wait to share more about that with you later in the episode. Yeah, so today we are interviewing, like I said, Kimberly Beam Holmes, and she is the CEO of Marriage Helper. You've probably seen, if you've been looking for info or help on marriage on YouTube or Instagram, you probably have ran across their info. Yeah, Marriage Helper is a wealth of information. Uh, We said in the episode with Kimberly that it's really like a library. Um, It just has so many resources, uh, a lot of free resources for your marriage. And Kimberly is incredible. We've had the privilege of interviewing her before, and uh, we'll link that episode in the show notes. But today we talked to her about how to save a marriage from ending. And she is qualified to speak on this topic. She's trained in marriage and family therapy and has a PhD in psychology. And um, she has spoken on this particular topic in many workshops and counseling sessions across the globe. So you're in for a treat in this episode. Yes, you're in for a treat even if your marriage isn't ending. Even if you're taking this, your marriage from good to great, uh, there is so many awesome tips to uh, apply to your marriage. Hello, Kimberly Holmes. Thank you for uh, joining us on the podcast. I am excited to be with you, Adam and Carissa. I had a great time when I was with you a year ago. Yes. Thrilled to be invited back on and talk to you both again. Oh, yeah, you were fantastic. You have so much to offer folks who are, um, you know, just married and having everyday problems that a marriage encounters. But specifically, you are dynamite when it comes to folks who are experiencing crisis in their marriage. Mm-hmm. And um, today we're specifically talking about how to save a marriage from ending. And that's something you have a very high success rate at doing and helping folks with. So, Talk first to us about um, divorce. You know, we we always throw that stat around in pop psychology about yep. divorce being around fifty percent. Do you know what the specific divorce rate is right now? Yeah, great question. So no one knows what the actual <laughs> divorce rate <laughs> is right now. But if you look at the the best data and kind of where the first fifty percent statistic came from was simply looking at the CDC's census data of marriages that happen per year and divorces that occur okay. per year. Okay. And and when you looked at that historically over a period of about 10 to 20 years, it was about 50% of the marriages that would occur, divorces would happen. But then something really interesting happened in oh, I wish I I wish I had my notes pulled up on this, but it was probably around the 90s that eight states stopped reporting divorce statistics, including Hmm. the state of California, where y'all live. Interesting. And yeah, so when you add that in and just how now, you know, 
it it's not quite the same. Well, let me let me back up and say this. So if you look at just those same numbers still now, then uh-huh. some people look at that and say, well, divorce is actually decreasing, but they're not taking into account. Mm-hmm. Well, eight states aren't reporting. It's also not telling us the the feeling or the sentiment towards marriage because less people are getting married. So we actually mm-hmm. see for the first time in a hundred years that the marriage rate is decreasing. Yeah. And so all of those things added together, it's like at the end of the day, I don't know that the divorce statistic specifically matters as much as how are we working towards having healthy, committed relationships that mm-hmm. I believe within the context of marriage is the best way that you can mm-hmm. have that relationship. Uh, that's the big, that's the bigger question. And that's what we want to talk about today. Right. <laughs> well, just to kind of kick off into that direction, um, what do you see are the top three reasons for divorce? Mm-hmm. We take this from the research of Do- Dr. John Gottman, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The three reasons that people get divorced is because they don't feel liked, loved, or respected. We have been teaching that at our workshops for over 20 years now. It has never failed to be true. No one has ever raised their hand and said, but there's this other fourth thing because whatever the other things are, finances, parenting differences, communication issues, I quote unquote married the wrong person. All of that, when you really boil it down is because something has occurred where one or both people don't feel liked, loved, and or respected in some form of that. And so that's what it that's what it boils down to. When we focus on how can I help my spouse feel like I like them, feel like I love them, show them that I respect them, then that's where you begin to see the marriage begin to thrive. That's really good. Yeah. How would you differentiate between liked and loved? Mhm. Isn't that a hard one? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. The best way I know to differentiate between that is that <laughs> just thinking about myself, for example, on a day-to-day basis, there are days I always love my husband because I choose to, but there are definitely days I don't like him (laughs) is getting on my nerves for whatever reason. And same with him towards me. And so when thinking of the times where I don't feel like my husband likes me, it's more of this. I feel like he's irritated and he's kind of showing irritation. It's more of a, in the moment, I don't like you. You're annoying me. Mm. There's something you need to change. But the Uh difference between love, if I don't feel loved, then there is a there is a separation. There is some kind of fundamental like we have completely disconnected and I don't even feel like you care enough to turn in towards me and try and fix this. And so I would say it's the level of the feeling like there's a like. I don't feel like you like me. And maybe that happens over a period of months or even years. Like we just annoy each other, but maybe you still feel like they love you like at their core. Mm -hmm. How would y'all differentiate the two? I think very much like that. Mm -hmm. I I hear pretty much how I think of that. Like Mm -hmm. love is almost a choice and that's seen through actions and uh, some, but like Mm -hmm. I, I do say that as well, like liking is more of an emotional response to what what is happening. Yeah. It seems like. I would tie liking to partner style and habits. Yeah. You know, like, certain. I like what's going on right now. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so even if I don't like certain habits or I'm getting that general sense of annoyance, like you mentioned, mm-hmm. um, 
I can still choose to love because that's an outgrowth of a covenant and a um, a spiritual decision, it's really. Yeah. Yeah. Are you familiar with the Sternberg triangulation of love? Yes. Yeah. That plays into it a bit too. So mm -hmm. the love aspect of it, there being the three components of intimacy, like basically being best friends with the person, passion, yeah. a, a feeling, a craving for oneness, mm -hmm. and then commitment, the decision to continue the relationship no yep. matter no matter what the cost, right? Mm -hmm. All of that plays into the scientific definition of love. So that could right. even play into when you stop feeling loved, is is it because one or more of those three things? Yeah. Yeah, that's key. I like mm -hmm. that. And then respected. Give us your definition or example of respect. That the two people see each other and treat each other as equals. Mm -hmm. This one, I believe, is the more important or the more common, perhaps I should say, that okay. falls of the three. It's ah. more of a you know, you're not, you don't listen to me. You're not, you're not taking what I say, like it matters. You're, yeah. um, or, or I feel like you are wanting me to change in order to meet an expectation you have in order for you to love me. You don't respect mm -hmm. me, accept me as I am. You don't see my opinions as equal to yours. Mm -hmm. A huge issue. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Which almost would uh, go back to Gottman's idea of the four horsemen and how contempt mm -hmm. um, really comes out as a result. Like I have contempt and of course there is no respect when there is contempt right. present. It's an air of superiority. Exactly. Yeah. And wow. it becomes so easy. I mean, y'all know this, but it becomes so easy then to villainize that person yes. and yeah. and justify the way that you treat them mm -hmm. even if it's absolutely terrible because in yeah. your mind it's well i'm better than them and they need to change they need to do things differently it's not going to lead to a healthy marriage i can tell you that so when people come to you kimberly and they're um you know on the brink of divorce and they've said we've tried everything what are the things that they are trying? The, the wrong we've, things. We've tried everything. Could you please fix them? <laughs> right. <laughs> fix right? my spouse. Right. Right. That is what, that's what everyone's wish is. Everyone's mm -hmm. wish is give them the magic pill. Give, tell them they're wrong. Tell them they need to change. Y'all get it. You work with, you work with people. <laughs> but a lot of times when people come to us and say, we've tried everything, um, they unfortunately many times they've maybe been to a counseling session mm -hmm. and either it didn't go well because their spouse didn't react the way that they wanted them to or it didn't go well because they didn't see a counselor that was there that the goal was the marriage for for that counselor yeah or or they've read a self-help book and it didn't work right like there there are mm -hmm. things people try try yeah. But I think m the majority of the time it's that people have maybe read something or listened to something, but they don't, imp they don't change their behavior. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Yeah. And so yeah. they feel like nothing's going to work, but the, the truth of the matter is it's like, and so when, we, when they come to us, what we are really good at and help people to, to understand is you need to turn some things inward. You need to turn everything inward actually right now. <laughs> the only person you can control is yourself. Yeah. And let's work with you on the actual 
techniques and behavior styles and behavior changes you need to make in order mm. to give this its last ditch effort. Nice. Yep. So with that said, you have a 70% success rate. That's really high. And, and we're talking about couples who are on the brink of divorce, most of them coming to you. Um, and with 70% success, you've used a method, um, top three ways that you help people save their marriage from ending. Tell us what those three ways are. Let's kick it off with number one. Okay, but before we pick it, before we kick it off, I need to explain the statistic that you just gave. Okay. <laughs> because... I'm a, as a researcher, I have to make sure people have the full <laughs> Please weekend. qualify it. Please, Give it some please. context. Yes, here's the qualification. So the 70, it's it's about a 73% success rate we actually have for the couples that attend one of our three-day workshops. Okay. And so the process that we're able to guide people through there is that is what holds that high of a success rate. And we actually gotcha. have our research department that's now updating the success rate of, their, of, of our workshops. So we're tracking people... Um, historically now and seeing what the updated rate is. And we're hoping it goes over the mm -hmm. 73% success rate. That's so awesome. that, that qualifies that. So everything I'm about to share with your audience, I don't want them to go in the mindset of these are the exact things. These are the exact things that to begin with, you absolutely need to do. And right. does it lead to success for people? Absolutely. We mm -hmm. say at marriage helper, if anything works, this will. Okay. We'll have the right understanding. That's good. Yeah. But it's an intro. It's a template. And so yes. if you just listen, kind of like what you said earlier, if you just listen to this episode, it's not going to necessarily save your marriage. Well, <laughs> I heard it. I heard it said just recently, like it's like reaching into somebody else's medicine cabinet and taking medicine. Uh. Well, <laughs> you probably aren't going to be met with some bad symptoms. Sometimes you have to have somebody guide you <laughs> yeah. into like, here's your, here's what you're doing. This is what's happening inside of you. Yeah. And here's a little bit of guidance and what to take because That's this good. works, but yeah. you know, let's, your particular dose, your particular yeah, frequency. Like maybe yeah. Approaching so something wrong here. Mm -hmm. That's good. Yeah. That really All good. right. So that context is really helpful folks. So Think about this as an intro. You're about to get a sneak peek into a method that really works. Yes. So, and can I can I say something too, really it. quick? Yeah. And I like to remind people because whenever you give a tip, they're like, "Okay, yes, let's go use it tomorrow," mm. and then they want something to happen the next day. Mm. And yeah. it's like, wait, hold yeah. on. You know, the Bible talks about planting and reaping. Mm -hmm. Planting generally takes a while with a lot of watering before you start to see a sprout. Yep. Absolutely. I, I bet you like some of this stuff you will be able to see, but if there's been difficulty for a long time, yeah. sometimes before people can trust and actually start seeing that growth, mm -hmm. you have to use it for a while. You can't yeah. just like use it twice yes. and then like throw your hands up. Like, it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. Kimberly mm -hmm. doesn't know what she's talking about. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, Right. I had to say that because like, yeah, this is good stuff, but it has to be. And that's probably used. why a three day workshop that's why, is yeah. going to facilitate so much more change because there's an investment of energy and time and intentionality that when you leave, you are you have a template for putting everything into action over time and you have like the long term view. Right. right? Yeah, that makes sense. 
Absolutely. So, um, all right. So now that we have all the context <laughs> there, help us with number one. So top three ways to help your marriage from ending in divorce. What's the first uh, way that you would give us a sneak preview on? We'll be right back to the interview, but first we wanted to share something that we are really excited about. So you know, we all have those times where we don't feel super connected to our spouse and we really don't know what conversations to have to get us to that connected place. And then on top of that, we're so busy that we don't prioritize those conversations. And that's why we created the monthly live date night. And Monthly Live Date Night is every month on a Friday night for 90 minutes, 60 minutes. We focus on a topic that uh, you guys pick. And then 30 minutes, we do a QA and a and it's live where we're all together asking questions and giving answers on topics related to your marriage, your intimacy. And we share tools. Uh, We have handouts that we call homework because we want you to be there to listen and to soak in. But we really want you to take action in your marriage too. So come join us live for the next monthly live date night. Check the link in the show notes for dates and details. All right, back to the interview. The first thing that a person needs to do is stop their push behaviors. And let Mm -hmm. me explain of what that means. Okay. So this, this first one is actually part of something even bigger that we talk about, which I, I can go briefly into depth on the whole thing, but it's, it's kind of a whole thing called the smart contact method. Okay. But the first part of this stopping push behaviors is because typically when people are scared that they're about to lose something or someone they love, they instinctively begin to do everything they can to try and pull that person back to them, but not in a good way. So think about this as a toddler experiencing separation anxiety, right? Like that's kind of how we are primed at those ages, two, three, four years old. When we see our mom leaving us at daycare, see our dad dropping us off, we're scared. We're about to be alone. We don't want to be alone. And so our instinct at that age is I'm going to run, cry, beg, plead, whine, all these things. Sometimes they could actually do the opposite of that and completely unengage. Um, to, but all of it is this, this, this trying to get the person's attention so they don't leave me. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't work long-term when we're kids. It also doesn't work when we are adults but it's the same reaction. Like I want you to stay, don't leave. I'm going to do whatever I can, but it only pushes the other person further away. And so we actually push is a bit of an acronym. You could, we have something that stands for each of them. So the P stands for the pleading, begging, whining, manipulating, trying to do whatever you can in a very uh, apparent emotional sense to try and get that person to stay. But that U in PUSH stands for just trying to unengage. And it's not an unengagement that's necessarily like, I'm just going to sit here and be calm. It is an intentional, oh, you're going to do that to me. Well, I'm just going to cut you off from my life. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to see how much you miss me. It's still a ploy to try and get the other person to stay. Yeah, it's manipulation. It's hard to get. It's uh, silent treatment. Yeah, sure. All those things. Or maybe y'all have seen this on YouTube, uh, the the recent no contact type thing. Have y'all heard about this? No. Yeah, I heard about it. Ta- talk about it. Yes. Yeah. The, okay. Our clients hear about this all the time. Uh-huh. So no contact is this concept that I have no idea who came up with it, but it's this concept of don't talk to your spouse, mm-hmm. your ex. Don't talk to them for 
it varies 14, 28, 60 days, like each different YouTube person says a different one with the intention of they will come crawling back to you. And that is the promise that this no contact method, so to say, gives. Great idea. (laughs) You know what? If you want marriage to fail, it is a great idea. (laughs) Even if, and I mean, they even go as far to say there's, there's this whole manipulation tactic behind it where they'll say, even if they try and text you or call you, you just ignore them. Oh my goodness. Because that's going to make them want you even more. (laughs) And while you're doing this, also be sure that you intentionally post photos of you living your best life on social media. (laughs) I'm guessing these people are not trained professionals. No. (laughs) (laughs) Even just telling y'all about it. I'm sitting here like this sounds like the most ridiculous. It sounds like junior high and high school like advice column. (laughs) Absolutely. But there's people that they are saying this and others like millions of people are listening to it. And I'm just sitting here like, please, the Lord, (laughs) the Lord, just let it not fall and on their ears and let them not hear it. But, uh, but it's that concept. Like, so there's, it's still a way to try and push your spouse to do something yeah. that you yeah. don't want them to, or push them out of a way yeah. or stop doing things you don't want them to do. So the quickly, the other two S stands for starting unnecessary fights. So a lot of times, as I'm sure both of you have seen when they see that person trying to leave, whether it's their husband or their wife, it's I'm going to do anything I can to get you to just engage in conversation with me. So let me pull up that. I can't believe you're leaving me. I can't believe you're doing this to us and the kids. Don't you feel Mm -hmm. guilty? Don't you feel terrible? And they're just starting fights to try and initiate a conversation to get the person Mm -hmm. to try and rethink what they're doing. Yeah. It doesn't work. And then the H stands for hovering, tracking, or trying to control Hmm. what the actions of the other person are. A lot of these push behaviors sound like borderline personality disorder. (laughs) (laughs) People can go kind of crazy when they're scared of being left. That's true. true. Yeah. Well, they're in brainstem at that point. Yes. Yeah. Very, or they're yeah. living there. <laughs> yeah, like that fight or flight mentality that yeah. it can look like borderline. What's interesting mm-hmm. is like these are all on a spectrum too. Like I've seen them at the beginning stages of like leaving where they're much less uh, obvious. But then as as they get more and more fearful, those those behaviors become more more vicious. You know, mm-hmm. like more outrageous, bigger. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So stopping the push behaviors is your first of the three steps. And how do they replace those behaviors? I could hear somebody's head, Mm -hmm. you know, like hear, hear them thinking, saying, well, like, but you know, this is the only time they engage. Mm -hmm. This is the only time they like try to do Uh, something. Like the only time they start to do something different is when I throw a fit. So it's training them operant conditioning of like, okay, every time I throw a fit, they yeah. actually go wash the dishes. Uh, so this yeah. is working. <laughs> Again, it sounds like kids, right? Like yeah. it sounds like what we learn when we're thinking about parenting kids. <laughs> but you're right. It's exactly it's exactly true. They have entered into some kind, they've entered into a type of communication dance that ultimately is unhealthy. Yeah. And it's pushing one of them out of the relationship because mm-hmm. they're they're sick of it. So the the whole goal here is by stopping these push behaviors, you kind of put a reset on the way you communicate. So the second part of that smart 
So second acronym here is that SMART acronym. So the first, the S is stop the push behaviors. And the second one is you manage your expectations of what the communication is going to be like. And so a lot of times we'll tell people here, don't talk about the emotional stuff. Don't talk about your marriage problems at this point. Don't talk Mm -hmm. about the things that are just going to piss both of you off. Instead, try and focus on the, even if you have to focus on what we call quote unquote business items. So Mm -hmm. things like the kids, the taxes, things that you're, Mm -hmm. yes, like they still might be stressful just because of what it is, but it's not because you're trying to push them to do something. Mm -hmm. You're just managing more of these Switzerland issues together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's yeah. It's management. Yeah. Totally. Find the neutral things and then rebuild the trust that your spouse can have in you. So, Mm. so let me talk about this if with me being the crazy person in this situation. So (laughs) if I've been the one who's pushing Rob in all of these ways, that's my husband's name, then, then I need to back off, stop trying to get him to commit to the marriage or come back or stop the crazy things he's doing and just show him I can be a reasonable person Mm. for a period of time Mm -hmm. so that he can trust that later there's enough of that, that trust there, that foundation of trust that I am going to listen to him. I am going to calmly discuss things. I need to rebuild that trust for him in order for us to be able to talk about harder things, but you can't do that overnight. So going back to what Adam even said Mm -hmm. was, yeah, a lot of times people will, will try smart contact. I say that in quotations for the people listening (laughs) and they'll try it for like a day maybe seven if we're lucky and they'll say this isn't working well you've had 10 years of this negative communication pattern it's not going to change overnight and the first thing really is that you need to learn to calm down you Mm -hmm. need to learn how to address things differently and listen with curiosity to Mm -hmm. your spouse and all of these things right like but it all needs to start with you managing your emotions first. So that's what what we're trying to get them to do in this -hmm. this smart contact model. And then the A stands for allowing your spouse to respond. So unlike no contact, it's actually saying, yeah, like if your spouse wants to open up to you about something, listen, keep your mouth shut, duct tape it if you have to, just listen to what they have to say, Mm -hmm. Um, respond back to them as the R in a way that is calm and strong and gentle. And then T is take it one day at a time because there are going to be hard days. There's going to be days where you mess up, but tomorrow's a new day, do it all again. So that is the briefest explanation that I can give of this, this first step of stopping the push behaviors and instead having smart communication or smart contact. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to make it not so brief by asking you a clarification question on that. So you, you said the, the R is like responding in a calm and strong way. There was something else, calm, strong, Um, calm, strong, and gentle and gentle. Mm -hmm. Can you talk about, and maybe just a quick, you know, one minute summary, but like a, a, an example maybe of what a, a calm, strong, and gentle response would be when you're trying to avoid emotional emotionally charged conversations during this period of, you know, logistics and Switzerland stuff. 
Great. Absolutely. So I'll give you two different examples of both extremes. The, in one hand, there could be the situation again, I'll use me and Rob as the example where let's say Rob is just a complete, like, let's say he, he opens up to me one day, but in his opening up, he is blaming me for everything under the sun. Well, you've been doing this and that for years and you've never changed. And I've asked you to do this. Okay. So the response in that, the ideal response in that is not for me to just bow and say, I'm the worst. So that's where the strong comes in. So it's not the, oh my gosh, like I'm right. You're right. I'm the worst. I'm terrible. I'll do anything to change. I'll do anything. I'll do anything. It's not becoming a doormat. Mm-hmm. And just allowing whatever your spouse says for you to take every bit of that on and, and it deflate your self-worth. Okay. Now we do teach that you should take acceptance and responsibility for any of the things that are true. Mm-hmm. So any of the things that your spouse says where you're able to be in the headspace and say, you know what? I haven't listened. You're right. I have not, there, there have been times you've tried to say this to me. I am sorry that I handled it that way, but then not living there. So don't live in that unforgiveness or or begging for forgiveness kind of state. Move forward to ask, what can I do to make it better moving forward? So that's this, that's where the strong, calm and gentle. So it's not strong, like, no, listen Mm -hmm. to me, like, here's what I want. Um, But there could be situations, there could be times where you do need to be strong if it's getting, just too overwhelming where they're saying too much and you can't handle all the feedback where you say, you know what, can we come back to this conversation at a later time? Because I'm not in the headspace at this point to be able to handle. And I think both of us may need to cool down. So how can you strongly, but calmly set those expectations to protect Mm -hmm. yourself, but also, um, but also be open enough to, to be willing to hear what might be true and accept changes that you might need to make. Mm -hmm. Yep. That's good. That's really good. That's really helpful. So there's some direction on how to respond. So stop the push behaviors and start that smart contact model. Yeah. Okay. Great. Yeah. So take us to another approach for how to save a marriage yeah. from ending. Great. So the question after that is what's next? Because yeah. There's still, there's still more to marriage, more to working on it and saving it than just implementing smart contact. So the next thing that we encourage people with is reminding them again, you can't control your spouse right now. You can only control yourself. And so the way that we, the framework that we give people to work through that is to work on themselves by the framework we call the pies. I may have talked about this the last time I was on here. Mm-hmm. You did. So you did. Perfect. So it is, it's so easy for people to grasp and easy for them to remember that there are four areas of attraction. If we want to call it that there's four ways your spouse originally became attracted to you. There's four ways they can become attracted to you again. But more importantly than that is that there are four areas of, of you as a human being that are worthy of attention. There are four ways that God made you and becoming your best in each of those areas is, is the best thing you can do for you. Mm-hmm. So we always tell people, cause they'll want to grab onto this concept of pies just as a way to get their spouse back. And that becomes their, in their, their full focus and their full intention. Mm-hmm. And the negative of that is, is twofold. The first is it's 
always going to end badly when you're putting your self-worth in how another person is going to respond to you. Even if you have a great marriage, that's not where you need or want ultimately your self-worth to come from. Mm -hmm. And then the second part is if that's who you're looking to, to gauge whether you're doing well or not, then you're going to want to give up the first chance that they turn away or the first time they turn away or say Mm -hmm. anything negative and you've only done yourself a disservice. Mm -hmm. So in this, in this, these four areas, it's physically, intellectually, emotionally, spiritually. That's why we call Mm -hmm. them the pies. And so we encourage people work on becoming the best you can in each of these areas. So physically feel the best that you can. It's not just about looks. Think about, are you sleeping eight hours? Most of the time when people are experiencing marriages in crisis, they are not sleeping. That's true. That in and of itself can make you go crazy on a day-to-day basis because you can't emotionally handle the demands of a normal day when you're, yeah. when you're not sleeping. Yeah. So how are you sleeping? How are you getting energy that is that is fueling you throughout your day instead of just continuing to drain you? Just thinking about all of those things. Are you moving around in order to get that blood flow, to get rid of some of the tension in your life, right? Like yep. physically, how do you feel? Yep. Intellectually, what are you doing to continue to learn and grow and intellectually stimulate your mind with other adults, with other human beings? This also gets can help get people's mind off of the crisis. Because a lot of times we see this, you probably see this too, is people kind of become junkies of all marriage help resources when their marriage is going through a crisis and they it they can't actually implement it. It's too they're hearing too much to actually do anything with. You really need to take it a step at a time, hear something, implement it, see the change. And, um, and so that can be a bit of a, of a tension for people to manage in this space. But the bigger question is, what are you doing to get your head out of the crisis and onto something that can actually give you some life during this time instead of just draining you all yeah. the time? That's so good. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. Like so many people, I want to, uh, I've worked with a lot, so many people that you know, like say that the man need, needs to be working on pies mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, and, and they're doing all these things to, to win her back. Right. Mm-hmm. Like you were talking about so often though, I'll hear the spouse, um, say like, I don't want you to do this for me. Mm-hmm. I want you to do this for you Yeah, mm-hmm. because that's really what gives that the spouse security. It's not the fact that they're doing all these things. It's the fact that what is your intention for this? Like, exactly. are you really trying to become a better person through this? Or are you just right. trying to manipulate me and the situation that we're in, mm-hmm. in order to get what you really want? Yeah. Yeah. And it, we, we talk about that too, in the context of positive reassurance. So like if, if someone's yeah. broken trust, right, you mm-hmm. can, you can think about reassuring them that you're not going to do it again, but that doesn't really do anything. But positive reassurance is really, it looks like pies. Mm -hmm. It's what are you doing to become the person who would never do that again for the sake of yourself? Like you want to develop into that person. I I like the motive shift there. Yeah. And it goes back to even what we were talking about with the communication aspect of it is that no one wants to be manipulated. Exactly. 
Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Totally. That's good. So pies, that's the second piece there of what you can be doing after you've stopped the push behaviors. Yeah. You're working through that smart contact method when you do connect and talk. Yeah. And then you're working on yourself using the pies method. We'll be right back to the episode, but before we do, we wanted to share with you an app that we found that is really awesome, and I think that would take your marriage to a deeper level. Yes, the app is called Intimately Us, and folks, we want you to go download it right now. Check it out with your spouse. It has a bunch of bedroom games and just ways to be creative and spicy in the bedroom, but what I like the most is that the app is very tastefully designed. It's Christian-friendly. You won't find crap raunchy or pornography in it. It's just such a cool app to stay connected with your spouse in a very secure way. Yeah, and my favorite features about the app is that it can prompt people to make little small changes to their day, like uh, leaning toward their spouse or complimenting them, or there's a lot of different little prompts that help couples just stay engaged in the marriage and take little tiny actions, because we know little tiny actions lead to a big change. Yeah, and it even has a private intimacy calendar. So I think that's a neat feature. Lots of other fun tools to deepen your intimacy and a way to chat back and forth with your spouse to send messages and photos that are only intended for your spouse. And so you can download the app for free for iPhone and Android. Just search Intimately Us. And if you like it, upgrade to premium and you will think of us for life. The, the, and then the two others. So okay. I didn't cover the E or the S, but I can do I can do those quickly. So emotionally... That part of attraction is all about evoking emotions within others that they enjoy feeling. I also believe there's an aspect of it of evoking emotions within yourself that you enjoy feeling in the sense of how am I talking to myself? What am I saying about myself to myself? How am I treating myself? Um, This like, am I, do I punish myself when I don't do things right? All of that, mm-hmm. all of that matters and all of that affects just yes. everything else, but also having a great support system mm-hmm. falls in there too. So having a friend that supports your marriage that you can go and lean on or having a, a mentor couple, maybe that you find at church that can help support you or a great counselor, right? Like those are things, or even just, even just a group of guy friends or girlfriends that you don't go and talk about your marriage problems with, but you know that they love you. They're there for you. All of that can help with that emotional response that we need and that we need to give. And then spiritual attraction is that fourth one, which is all about living in line with your beliefs and values. So of course, as a Christian, I encourage people here, like just dive into Jesus. Mm -hmm. Like he will support you, be there for you, pursue you even when you don't feel pursued. And there's so much that we're able to see at Marriage Helper when people are able to to actually turn to God and see how that Mm -hmm. changes their lives. Um, Yeah. That's the biggest win. That's the biggest win. But even for people who may be listening and they don't have a Christian faith yet, or they're exploring it, then it's a great opportunity to just look outward. How can you serve? 
How can you be focusing on giving back in the community, do something that makes a difference, being there for other people, live out the beliefs and values that you have in your life. And so when, so all of those, it gives a people a framework of what they can focus on instead of exactly. Yeah. And I mean, you talk about the pies of attraction and in the episode we did with you last year, and we'll link it in the show notes. Um, it's really framed in terms of becoming more attractive. But what I'm hearing here is it's really about personal development. Mm-hmm. You know, that yes, it does yeah. make you more attractive, but it's about working on yourself mm-hmm. when you're on the brink of divorce. Yeah. And that's not something that's natural for most people. Well, it also just turns the... the so like when we when there's a tiger in the room, it's much easier to get scared and go into your, um, you know, fight or flight response and losing your marriage is super scary. Yeah. So if you're in the room with that tiger <laughs> or you're in the room with that, that fear all the time and that's your focus, you get mm-hmm. hyper-focused and people get triggered and everything. But right. like, if you can start focusing on like, Hey, a pathway to a better marriage, of course, is watching my communication, but also working on myself. It gives us a, an area mm-hmm. to do, because I think so many people feel trapped in like, I'm at the whim of my spouse mm. and our arguments that I don't mm. know where, when one is coming and so we're on our guard. But this kind of focuses it on like, here's mm. something I can do yeah. that will produce a better result. Yeah. Right. Lovely. So good. So folks, right. if you want to dive even deeper into pies and that personal development, becoming more attractive, go listen to that episode that we did with Kimberly last year and we'll link that in the show notes. It's good. What's the last thing? The last thing is to find someone who will support you that supports your marriage. This is, this is, as I said at the beginning of the episode, when you said, you know, what, what have people tried? Unfortunately, I, there's just so many people out there who are quick to say, Mm -hmm. just get a divorce. I mean, anyone like friends, family, people on social media, right? Like it's just the narrative that's yep. the easy go-to. Because if you're not happy and you're and not connected, maybe you just weren't for each yeah. other. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. what they say. Right. And it makes them feel better about themselves if yep. they experienced a divorce, even if it was, exactly. you know, a legitimate divorce or maybe, you know, there, there was abuse or whatever. And it's okay that they got divorced, but by telling someone else to get divorced, it it really does mm-hmm. console yeah. them. So yeah. I know you're probably going to jump all over this, but <laughs> for those who are listening, yeah, finding a counselor, if you're going to go to a counselor that supports your marriage yeah. is huge because I've had so mm-hmm. many clients come to me and say, yeah, the last person we were with told us just to get a divorce because yep. it was over. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wow. Yeah, they it's said, common. They said that? Yeah, even in, in counseling, it's common. So, I, I mean, that's a risky thing, you know, telling someone to get a counselor obviously we're advocates of it and i know you are but they might just say get a divorce too yeah yes and what is so destructive about that is because once you hear it from someone that you see as a professional that you believe is the know-it-all like clearly they're the one with the degree so what they Mm -hmm. they must be right and what's even worse about that is when, if you've done everything you can to just try and drag that spouse that wants out of the marriage into that counseling session, and that's what the person says, yeah. it's done. That's all that person needed to hear to say, see, 
-hmm. Even the counselor thinks it. And so I am all for like counseling. I believe in counseling. I was trained as a marriage and family therapist. I believe it can be incredibly effective when the counselor has a belief and value of that marriage is yes is good like when they when yes. the counselor believes that because just like any other profession just like any other profession there's going to be ones right. that view things different ways right like we br- even counselors yeah. bring their oh, biases yeah. into the room we're trained <laughs> not to but it happens and so i that i love that I need to refer people to y'all even more about that. Like when people are looking for stuff, because it's hard to find those Mm, tried and true. Like, so, I mean, we're talking about getting resources on board to help you with your marriage. And obviously getting a counselor is one of those talk about some of the other resources, specifically marriage helper resources that folks can get on board for their marriage when they find themselves in this situation. Yeah, we, love our three-day workshop that mm-hmm. I talked about at the beginning because it is, it's been around over 20 years. It's had thousands upon thousands of couples come through it and has over 70% success rate at saving marriages. I actually went to, so we do them online and in person mm-hmm. in Nashville, Tennessee. And I went to the one that was ending this past weekend. And um, a couple came up to me at the end and they said, he said to me, I had given her the divorce papers six days ago and here we are. And now we are. And, and she said, and she was standing right next to him and she said, I'm committed to making this work six (laughs) days before divorce papers. Like it was that quick, that drastic. Now, of course, those people need like resources to help them through to this next spot. Right. Um, But they're, Yep. It gave them that click. It, it showed them a vision of what could be and a plan yeah. for how to get there. And mm-hmm. so if any of the listeners are saying we need mm-hmm. that, then of course I recommend our workshops. We also have some toolkits is what we call them. They're more smaller online courses that are very topic-based. So we have one that is just on smart contact. One of those principles we talked about at the beginning and so you can access toolkits like that. There's another one called the Art of Attraction Toolkit that that talks about not just the pies, but the other four steps that we mm-hmm. that we call the love path of how people fall in love and can fall in love again. Um, but then we also have a nice. free mini course. So that free mini course, how to get your spouse back, and it goes through three different ten minute videos where I share similar things to what we talked about on today's episode, but in a mm-hmm. little more detail. Your listeners can get that nice. for, for free going to marriage.com and just clicking the box at the top. of Excellent. The, of and the we will link it all in the show notes as well as separate links so that folks can easily click those. But we will include marriagehelper.com as your general website that they can peruse. Yeah. Where can people Thank find you. you on Instagram, yeah. YouTube, social? All over. <laughs> yes. All over. Oh, I think nice. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. You do those? <laughs> no, they, I, they use some of the videos of me, but we have a whole that's team great. now actually that's nice. doing that's doing TikTok. Yeah, it's <laughs> so funny, so funny. But you can find me personally. I'm on Instagram at Kimberly Beam, like a beam of light. Holmes, like Sherlock. So Kimberly Beam Holmes. And then our, of course, Marriage Helpers on Instagram or on TikTok. All of it's just Marriage Helper. Those are the best ways that we are socially. And then YouTube, Marriage Helper 
Excellent. Awesome. We'll link all of that as well. They have excellent stuff up there. Yes. Lots of it. So yeah. Yeah. Again. It's a library. <laughs> it's awesome. This, it is quite a library. But y'all are awesome. Oh. I love oh. talking You're to you. So well, sweet. we enjoy the conversation as well. Totally. Well, at the end of all of our podcast interviews, you're probably familiar with this now, but we like to ask our uh, interviewees if um, they have marriage advice that they wish they would have got at the beginning of their marriage. And if you can rewind and think of a second bit of advice that you wish you would have got at the beginning of your marriage, what would it be? And then fill in the blank, dear young married couple. Hmm. Dear young married couple, never stop being curious about your spouse, asking them questions, leaning in to who they are and wanting to understand them better because they, they never stop growing and neither do you. So continue to be curious, continue to be best friends. Beautiful. Love it. So good. Kimberly, you are fantastic. So are your resources, but we, we see specifically your passion and experience and expertise shining through when we have conversations with you both on and off air. And we're grateful for you and all that you do to pour into marriages. Keep so doing it. Thank you. Thank you. Y'all are amazing. Thank you so much. I appreciate what y'all do. All right, friends. We really hope that you got a ton out of today's conversation. And if you want help, if you want personal guidance with individual counseling or couples counseling, or even help with you as a couple reaching the goals you have, just reach out. Give us a call at 916-678-1797 or shoot us an email at hello at dearyoungmarriedcouple.com. No matter where you are in the world or in your marriage, we can set up a counseling session with you and we can work toward progress. We also post marriage advice regularly on our Instagram, which is at Dear Young Married Couple. And we'd love for you to join us in conversation there. All right. See you next week. Quoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks, you're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen.